1: Support for Ramstalk Radio comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Manscaped is a revolutionary company that has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary, advanced, skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag where you don't want it to nick or snag. It's also waterproof so you can take it in the shower the lawnmower 2.0 comes inside their perfect package 2.0 which makes it the perfect gift for this holiday season it's literally everything you need to keep trimmed cut free and smelling nice down there and don't use the trimmer on your face if you're using it down below come on guys the manscaped perfect package 2.0 also includes the crop preserver and anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer you already put deodorant on your armpits Why would you not put it on the smelliest part of your body? I mean, come on, guys. We all know. And these products, man, they smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if if you know what we mean. The perfect package also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pairs of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxer brief. Tis a a season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, your boyfriend, whoever you want, the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. And best of all, with our promo code, BIGHEADS, you're going to get 20% off and free shipping at (laughs) manscaped.com.
3: Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see
1: him soon. You feel me? All right, all right. Welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Barrel. As always, joining me is Johnny Gomez. Johnny... Eleven thirty out here on the east coast just got home a little late thank god we're doing this after a rams victory
3: <laughs> yeah something tells me if the rams lost again that we'd have a, a cranky steve
1: i don't Am I right i don't know if i'd be here if we lost this game
3: <laughs> fair enough fair enough
1: <laughs> oh man well obviously Rams are back officially blowing out the Cardinals. We're going to the playoffs. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Uh, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about if we can actually make the playoffs, if we think we will, uh, and then talk a little bit about the Seahawks coming up on the schedule. But first, uh, don't forget, wherever you're getting your podcast, guys, please give us a like, a subscription, a download. Uh, every little bit helps us climb up the charts and get you a better show. And of course, if you're on Apple podcasts, please uh, give us a five-star review, send the email to ramstalk1945 at gmail.com, send it on Facebook, Twitter, uh, wherever, send a screenshot of the review to, to us, just come find us anyway, you could DM it to me on Twitter, uh, for all I care, and you'll be entered to win a personalized throwback LA Rams jersey, jersey on the house courtesy of us. All you gotta do, five-star review, send it to one of us, email it to 19, ramstalk1945 at gmail.com if that's easier for you. And we will enter you in the sweepstakes. When we get to 200 reviews, we will pick the winner. But anyways, let's talk about this game, Johnny. We won. We played the Cardinals. Uh, a lot of people are going to be quick to say that the Cardinals are not good. They're not that good. But like, you know, they're not the Redskins. They're not the the uh, Dolphins are all right now. Not the Bengals. Uh, it's... To blow this team out the way we did, it's a division rival. It's a decent team. It feels pretty good.
3: Yeah, I mean, to your point, while it may not be, you know, one of the elite teams, you're you're talking about a team that hung in there with the San Francisco 49ers, who is arguably one of the better teams in the NFL. Um, not better than the Ravens, by the way. Just I put that out there. Uh, but. You have um you have other teams out there that the Rams went up against, like the Falcons, like the Bengals, and there's no question that the that the Cardinals are the much better team compared to those teams. So, you know, while it may not be an elite victory, it's still a step in the right direction of sorts. They don't get me wrong, the Rams still have a long way to go if they even want to sniff the playoffs but you know still baby steps and i i, I like the way they were going they dusted themselves off they could have hung their heads after being just brutally humiliated on on uh, national television last monday or the two mondays ago now but yeah this this is this is a nice change of pace it, it means that the rams are a fighting team and that going forward that the rams are still in it to make it to the pl- to the playoffs and um you know that's all that matters at this point
1: yeah i think to me like y- you nailed it there when you said they showed up they showed up to this game they could have phoned it in and after what is more than likely going to end up being a season ending blowout to the ravens uh we'll talk more about that later but they could have just phoned it in for the rest of the season not tried uh, they could have won this game half-assing it, but instead, I mean, they came out there and they reminded us how talented this team is, how good they can be on both sides of the ball when they're firing in all cylinders. And to me, more than beating the Cardinals, I feel like, like big picture-wise to me, this game, this might sound silly to say after beating the Arizona Cardinals in 2019, but I think after the Ravens game, a lot of people were talking about just how fucked we were, uh, how we have all these players on these huge contracts. Ramsey's coming up. We don't have draft picks. We don't have any anything, basically, to fix this team. And we kind of mentioned last week that the team we have right now is more or less going to be the team we have moving forward in the next season. And after this game, you know, you kind of get reminded that that team, on its best day, is a pretty damn good football team, and it's just, it's nice, you know, this, I think this is probably Goff's best game of the season, Uh, and it was, it was a good game, he's had some fake good games, Uh, this was a really good game, 32 for 43, 424 yards, two touchdowns, uh, only sacked once, didn't turn the ball over a single time, it's the first time in a while that you could feel really good about having Jared Goff as your quarterback, uh, we need to see more of this before we say, yeah, maybe that contract was actually worth it. But um, it just, it felt good to get a win like this, man. And we really, I think Atlanta was really the only time we had a win like this all season. The Saints should a degree, but Drew Brees got hurt. Uh, it's It just feels great to go out there and manhandle them on both sides of the ball and just kind of remind everyone, and our fans especially, because we needed to be reminded of this, that there's a lot of talent here and a couple things break differently for us this season and we would be in the driver's seat for a playoff spot but we're not it didn't happen but it was just it was good to feel good after a football game again it has been a while
3: Yeah absolutely and and much like what you were saying this basically the team that we saw on the field this week Uh, this past week is more or less the team we're going to see for a while. And that's, that's a good point, especially because a lot of these players that did play in this game are very young players. You know, these are guys that will improve over time, hopefully. And I think with, with the coaching staff that the Rams have and the, um, the experience that they build up, that they will eventually uh, get to the next level and that's, that's really important when, when you consider the, the type of players that are actually stepping in for veterans, you know, the rookies that are offensive linemen, um, you know, our rookie safety Taylor Rapp. You know, these are very crucial positions because in the future, it, uh, there's going to have to be some tough decisions to be made by our front office, and uh, I, I don't think that uh, there's any question that the front office had to smile a little bit for this one because it shows that if these guys can continue to develop, that this is going to be an interesting team regardless of what the salary cap looks like in the next few years. So in that regard, that's, that's good news. As for Jared Goff, absolutely happy with what I saw. I'm going to take it a little step down, because, well, I did enjoy seeing Jared Goff out there. Is actually, it actually looked like the fun offense that we saw last year. I mean, it wasn't completely it. Don't get me wrong, but it was it was fun again. You saw Goff spreading out the ball more. You know, he he covered multiple receivers. He was getting the running game in there. You know, um, it, it was just incredible to watch because. It was almost like a flashback of sorts. However, it was the Cardinals' defense. And in (laughs) particular, the secondary is the worst in the league. And there's no denying that after seeing, you know, uh, not, not to bash Goff because he did perform well. There was throws that I seen that we hadn't really seen much of all year long. So that's great, but there's a reason for it, and that's one of the reasons. Yeah. Uh,
1: it, is no, it is no joke how much of a joke that secondary is, man.
3: Very much so, and, and you saw it. You saw how open Robert was. First of all, if you go up against a much better defense, I would think at some point – you would pay attention to Robert Woods, who just got 172 yards on on the defense. Like, and and keep in mind that that Goff wasn't doing anything spectacular. It was just Woods was there; he was open, and yeah. he did the rest.
1: A lot yeah. of screen passes too, but I, I think uh, to your point on Goff, and this is a terrible defense. Uh, they are not good, but at the same time, like Cleveland secondary when we played them was missing literally all of their starters, and Goff did not play like this against them. And it's just, yeah, it's a game that he should have dominated, but a lot of times this year, this Rams team, going into games that they should take care of the opponent handily, just didn't do that. And it's nice to see them finally do it. Uh, I I mean, they, they did it against Atlanta, uh, they did it against Cincinnati to an extent, but even that, they kind of took their foot off the gas. Uh, this game was full throttle, uh, from, from kickoff to the fourth quarter, uh, when Blake, Blake Bortles finally stepped in there. But it, you can't, you, you can't say Goff is back because like you said, this defense sucks, but it is fine. It, for him to play like this, it feels like, he can hopefully, like, uh, wow, it's late, guys. I can't remember the word I want. Uh, hopefully, this this carry this performance, the swagger he had, the confidence he had carries over into the rest of the season, and then ultimately into next year. And we will see. Seattle is a, is a pretty good defense. Uh, we'll see how he fares against them. He fared pretty decently against Seattle earlier in the year. Not his best game, but uh, not his worst by any means. So we'll see, but for him, even like Robert Woods, uh, I mean, Tyler Higby, I guess, but this is the worst, maybe the worst tight end defending team ever, uh, it just to get a good performance out of these guys, especially after last week, where this team really could have just quit on the season and they're not, uh, it feels good. And I think it's a testament to everybody in the building.
3: The... Amusing thing about this game was immediately after the game, there was two things I was thinking about. One, Tyler Higby just kind of, kind of. Uh, I, I wanted Steve to see Tyler Higby's performance and be like, "Is he worth it now?" He's not. I, I, I'm,
1: this was his not. career I'm high. Kidding. He had 107 yards.
3: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I just thought it was – I thought it was amusing. um, You got to give it up to Tyler Higby, though. I mean he showed up. He showed up last Sunday.
1: He did. Mm -hmm. He did. And it was this like Arizona – for fantasy football players out there, if your tight end is playing Arizona, you start him no matter who it is. Uh, I – I own Evan Ingram in a couple leagues. He didn't play last week. I fired up Tyler Higby, and it was great. It 20 points, fantastic. But, like, <laughs> this was the best game of his career. And it's not like he's earning an extension because we already gave him one uh, for $9 oh. million next year. Uh, that's money that would be really nice to have. But, look, I'm not going to knock him. This was a great performance by him. Like I've said about everybody else just now, It's a game where Higby should have been able to light up the defense, and he did. And it wasn't all gimme catches. He made some pretty damn good plays in this game. I will give him credit. Uh, I think he is a decent tight end. Should we have paid him? No. But if he's going to be here, keep playing like this, Ty. You like to see it.
3: The second thing I wanted to point out was, holy shit, did you see that Jared Goff
1: block? Yes. Yes. Eh. I eh. let's let's take a quick break because I I want to talk about that play a little bit too. So yes, I did see that block. Give me your thoughts on that block, Johnny. I want to hear it from you.
3: So I'm gonna do this in meme format. <laughs> when your quarterback is a better blocker than your backup guard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, the shade. no joke. Poor Jamil. No
3: joke. Jared Goff blocked better than Jamil Demby did all season long. In that one play alone, he already blocked better than Jamel Demby. <laughs> it's almost as if Goff was like, this is how I want you to block for me.
1: That that was awesome, man. I, I loved seeing him out there laying the wood. And it was a broken play, too. So like, it's not like it's designed for Goff to be out there blocking. He adapted to the play, and he ran out there, and he literally made a drive-saving block uh but it it was a broken play, and I think because the game went so well, this is really my only critique on the game, but I think we kind of everyone kind of forgot about it. We've ran so many screens on third down. I don't get it it's like it's like a broken record, man we ran it we ran a screen on third down earlier in the game didn't work. Uh, I, I don't have the exact plays against me, but it, or in front of me, but it happened again a little later in the game, didn't work. Then on this play, a screen on third down again, I think it was third and 13, gets blown up immediately, but Robert Woods saves, and Jared Goff save our ass by cutting it to the entire other side of the field, and Goff gets out in front of him and lays that block, and they get the first down, and it actually works. But I believe that was the last third down screen they ran all game, but, I, I don't get these these screens on third down, man. I don't I don't get it. And especially in a game where Goff is actually playing well and you can trust him to throw the ball and he's still doing this.
3: Yeah, I think it I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think it's kind of like uh something that's left over from the rest of the or the past of, you know, this season. You know, getting used to how you're playing and that's essentially what the Rams had to resort to because they didn't really trust Jared Goff to to throw it downfield. His accuracy wasn't there. His vision wasn't there. Uh, Of course, that changed in this game. This game, his vision was spot on. Uh, There wasn't too many plays that I can recall where he, I was like, Goff, what the hell are you doing? Like I was normally cussing at my TV, but... (laughs) Uh, but you know, the, uh, he, he was making the right decisions. I would say at least 90% of his, uh, snaps, I, there wasn't too many, too many things at all, but that being said, you know, you're right though. The screens, um, I think is just, just kind of a, a safety blanket at this point because, it's something that you know
1: may work every so often, but it, but like and, it doesn't. I feel like it never works on third down. Uh, it's not a play that doesn't work in general, but they keep they keep running it on third downs, and it like it. it does, I feel like it does not work. I feel like it rarely works.
3: Fair enough. I, I think we've seen more than enough times that it hasn't really been that successful. And um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's it's to the point where McVeigh is like, "Well, let's keep running it until it works," kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But, um, but in in essence, I I think that hopefully this is something that they work on, especially going forward when the teams aren't going to be that much easier uh, until you reach the Cardinals at the end of the year. But, um, <laughs> overall, I. <laughs> I think the, uh, Seahaw- uh, against the Seahawks, the Rams do need to avoid certain tendencies like that. Because as we saw in-, in in the game on Monday night, the Seahawks can adapt, and it could get really challenging. So let's not miss a field goal, Greg, uh,
1: Greg Zerloin. <laughs> Agreed, man. Agreed. Uh, well... I guess we can get to the, the whole playoff scenario here in the big picture. I mean, do, do you have anything else in the game? I feel like we hit the quick heads. It's not, not a ton to talk about. Everyone played great. Uh, I do have one little
3: mention. Uh, shout out to Donald for making, like, the f- most funniest sack I've ever seen in my life. That was awesome. <laughs> Did you see that sack? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could make so many memes out of that one sack right there. I... Like Murray, I kind of I, I don't know what Murray was thinking when when he saw Aaron Donald, or maybe he didn't see Aaron Donald. I am not really entirely sure, but uh, Donald basically said, "No, you are not
1: going anywhere, dude," and he just slammed his ass down on the field, man. When he that ma- <laughs> when he makes plays, they always look so good because I feel like the the offense is always game planning so that he's not gonna be in a position to make a play, like as whatever it takes. Like when he blows up a play immediately, he's there so fast. Like he just gets by the guy so guy and the guy's just on the ground within like a second. Uh, it's, he makes he makes his sacks look so good, uh, especially this season when you're not getting as many as we did last year. Uh, they just they always stick out when he hits one.
3: <laughs> okay, I'm I'm done gushing
1: over Aaron Donald now. <laughs> All right, so uh, we do we do need to mention this Johnny as well. Injury news: uh, JoJo Natson's sent into the IR, and it seems like Nasimba Webster, training camp favorite, is going to take over as punt returner, while Daryl Henderson is being hinted at as the kick returner. I, I like Natson, but I don't think you really miss a beat with Nasimba there at punt returner. I am curious to see how Daryl Henderson does as a kick returner, but in today's NFL, you don't return a lot of kicks, so he'll probably just be catching and kneeling most of the time.
3: Yeah, I, I actually think that it's a good idea to give Daryl Henderson a shot. I mean, it, I mean they're they're not using Henderson as much as I think they were anticipating, or at least as much as we were anticipating. So might as well get some more usage out of him than him, like riding the bench or waiting for garbage time. So I'm, I'm all for it. And uh, who knows, maybe he ends up having a a nice career as a, as a special teamer. You never know, (laughs) Uh, especially, especially if uh, Todd Gurley continues to play as well as he's been playing. As for Nasimba Webster, I have my reservations about him. I feel like I don't have much confidence in JoJo Natson as it is, and replacing him with Nasiba Webster, I, I I'm about the same confidence level. I'm I'm still not very confident. You know, uh, no, not not to throw shade at either one of these guys, but it, it's just I don't think we really have had a competent uh, returner for a long long time. So I'm hoping that Nasimba Webster, you know, continues to show like some sort of progress.
1: We had a, we had an all-pro uh 2 years ago before he lost us a playoff game.
3: Yeah, that that doesn't bode well for a lot of fans.
1: <laughs> we we played against him t- uh, on Sunday. Uh yes, we did. Yeah, I'm not I don't think is going to set the world on fire, but uh, I, hopefully he won't fumble, uh, which is really all you can ask out of a punt returner is to protect the ball. Well, obviously you can ask for more, but when you don't have one of those elite guys and you know, you don't, you just want him to secure the ball and don't make mistakes, which, uh, Jojo doesn't always do, but <laughs> we'll see. I, I have a little faith in the Simba. Uh, let's take a quick break to give a shout out to my bookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you can choose any game and call it? Well, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sideline and get in the action with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try Parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week— Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? My bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back in the game. Best of all, if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you were to deposit $2,000, you can get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. If you're looking a little low stakes... Put a hundred, they'll give you 50, you'll be good to go, with some free money. Just use the promo code MASSIVE LATE to activate this offer. Once again, that's promo code MASSIVE LATE to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Alright, Johnny, so let's, let's talk about the Rams' path to the playoff here. We'll start with Minnesota and work our way up. Minnesota is, I, I, wow! I have the uh, there. I have like never mind. This is terrible radio. Minnesota right now holding on to the six seed, and they are eight and four. Uh, the Rams right behind him at seven and five. Currently, as it sits, the Rams will hold the tiebreaker if they win out and Minnesota drops one of their games to either Detroit, Green Bay or Chicago. Uh, if they drop to the Chargers in week 15, then it'll come down to common opponent win percentage, which I feel like we should win that, but I I obviously can't confirm that until the season's over. Uh, but I think we'd be the favorite there. What do you think real like realistically before we even talk about the Rams winning out? Minnesota plays home against Detroit, on the road against the Chargers, home against Green Bay, home against Chicago. Like, what do you expect they will finish out that stretch with?
3: To tell you the truth, you know, the Minnesota Vikings have been a team that at some points look downright dominant and are the team to beat at times. And then there are times where it's like, they don't even belong in the playoffs. Like that time where they almost lost to the Denver Broncos. Damn you, Broncos are not finishing out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just so much that the Vikings have to offer in terms of, you know, offense, especially, you know, there's a lot of weapons there. Uh, I mean, you have arguably one of the best, uh, running backs in the league and Dalvin cook, um, so it's not going to be easy. This is not going to be a for sure way for the Rams to make the playoffs at all. If the the Vikings don't lose. And that's the name of the game here is if the Vikings can lose. So based on the opponents you've suggested, there doesn't leave a lot of room for, you know, struggling at all for the Rams the Rams essentially need to win out in order to to claim a spot, unless something drastic you know drastic happens in uh, in Minnesota, which doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, they they lost this past Monday to the Seahawks, but we both know the Seahawks are a very very good team. So that's uh, that's not saying much. The rest the, the the biggest challenge essentially for the Vikings is the Packers at this point who are (laughs) uh, you know not a very (laughs) I'm not very confident in the Packers at all here and that's going to basically be it like I'm more than certain that the Vikings can beat the Lions I'm pretty sure they can beat the Bears and the Chargers are the Chargers so it, it it all boils down to whether or not they can beat the Packers, which should be an interesting game, but we'll see. And, and uh, go ahead. I, I I just uh, I hope that there is going to be that one game that they struggle against. Maybe they struggle against AFC West opponents and struggle against the Chargers, but I think that's just wishful thinking at this point.
1: <laughs> well, the Chargers are a road game. And this season right now, they are three and four on the road, but Green Bay, Chicago, Kansas City, Seattle, even Chicago is better than the chargers, I'd say right now, but the the chargers find themselves in every game, so like they could beat anyone on any day. They just always find a way to lose. Uh, but this season, Minnesota is five and0 at home. And they get all three NFC West, NFC North opponents at home to end the season. So you gotta be pulling for the Packers. I'd say look like sure that the chance Detroit could beat them this week, but I'm without Stafford. I'm not banking on it. The Chargers are doable, but that would be the le- the least beneficial loss for the Vikings for us for tiebreaker purposes. I still think we we get it, but. Um, You want them to lose one of these conference games, and I'm more confident in Green Bay than you. But on the road in Minnesota, it's you know I it's weird because like I'm confident in the Vikings, but I don't know if I see them winning four straight. You know, but at the same time, and I guess we should talk about this. Can we run the table? I feel a little better about it after this week, but home against Seattle at Dallas, at San Francisco, home against Arizona. If the Vikings were to drop two of their last four, we can drop one of these and still uh, have a chance. But that that's really the only possibility that a 10-6 and six Rams team gets into the playoffs.
3: Yeah, there, there's no doubt in my mind that uh... – <laughs> the the Rams are are gonna have the toughest end of the bargain here because uh really the these they have much tougher opponents. That let's just be blunt about it. The Rams have much harder opponents here and it starts this week against the Seahawks. It may be a home game, but um the Seahawks always play the Rams very tough. We, the these are two rivals that play each other very tough no matter where they're standing, and it so happens this year that the record shows that the Seahawks are the better team. The only thing that the Rams need to cling on here is that they need to remember that they went into Seattle and they damn near won the game. And it was just one kick, one missed field goal, that ruined it all. Yep. So if they can repeat their efforts here in Los Angeles, hopefully this will, you know, set the record straight here that the Rams are still a good team, even though the Ravens made them look hella stupid. Now as for the 49ers,
1: that's a tough
3: one. I think (laughs) So here's the thing. Well, I will say that the 49ers beat the Rams a lot more decisively than the Seahawks did. I still, you know, I feel like the league, you know, all the reporters, all the media made it seem like the Rams got spanked by the 49ers. Keep in mind that I realize that the Rams' offense didn't do shit the entire game. But the Rams' defense also held the 49ers to a very low score until, you know, it was pretty much garbage time.
1: Yes, yes. But, like, at what did you feel like at any point in the second chance, even though it was a pretty close game for most, if not, you could argue the whole second half was close. At any point did you feel like we actually had a chance of winning that game?
3: No. But I think part of it was just seeing Jamel Denby on the field. I think let's be real
2: let's nah, be real for a
3: second. uh if we if If we had David Edwards as opposed to Jamel Denby, I'm ninety percent certain that at least this becomes a a somewhat useful offense at that point because, like I said earlier in the podcast. That Jared Goff showed a better block than Jamel Demby did all season long.
1: No Ty Gurley in that game, too. Uh, that was the game then where without Gurley. That was also the game where Jared Goff threw for 78 yards and had a QBR of 0. .7. Damn. <laughs> the scale is from 0 to 100. So he's about as close to nothing as you could get there. Uh, <laughs> you know what? It, like... But the problem was that was at home and we're going on the road. Like, I'm not saying it's impossible and this is a different offense, but we need to be. Well, I guess, like, if we go into that game with a chance of the playoffs, you got to think we will be cooking because we have beaten Seattle and we'd have beaten Dallas on the road. I know Dallas isn't like a world beating team, but that's still a, a pretty good team. Uh, they have a lot of. Th- Very similar to us in a lot of regards. They have a lot of talent, a lot of good players, and just can't put it together at times, it feels like. So if you win those two games going into San Francisco, I think we're going to be feeling a lot better than we do now. But uh, we'll see what happens in Seattle this week uh, before we really get there. And I think uh, one thing I do want to touch on, Johnny, too, is it's slim, but there is a chance that if we win out and the 49ers – like, I, sorry, my my thought process was not here. We could win out. Minnesota could win out. And if the 49ers drop three of their last four, we could sneak in over them. And it's not impossible, man. On the road this week against New Orleans, home against Atlanta, I think you chalked it up as a win next week. But Atlanta, I mean, they're not, for as shitty of a team as they are, they're not a total walk in the park. Then they got us at home and then they're at Seattle. It is not impossible for them to drop three of their last four games. I don't think this is likely. I think they win uh, one of the games against the Saints, the Seahawks, or us. But it's not impossible. I think that's a more likely outcome than us getting it over Seattle, who finishes with us next week, then at Carolina, home against the Cardinals, home against San Francisco. I think they win two out of those four with – with relative ease, maybe probably even three
3: to tell you the truth. I I wasn't really thinking that the Rams had a chance of uh, overcoming the Seattle or or at least passing Seattle Seahawks in the standings because the way they've been playing, they've been playing really well. And uh, I, I think maybe you have an argument if they lose this past Monday, but it's still, still a tough to argument
1: because Carolina yeah. and Arizona.
3: Yeah, exactly. So you have a point about the 49ers. It's not that likely, but here's hoping. One thing I wanted to address, though, before we move on, was my concern about the Cowboys. Am I concerned about it? No. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, why am I not concerned, Steve? because when you really, really think about it, the Washington Redskins still technically have a shot at winning their division. They are technically not mathematically out of the out of the playoff competition there. And well, okay, I know I'm, I'm making a joke here. Still, when that is into consideration, the Redskins, Steve, the Redskins (laughs) are still in playoff contention. They're not mathematically out of it. No, I'm not at all concerned about the Cowboys. Uh, You know, I'm not going to overlook them either because you're right. They do have some players there. Uh, You know, they have one of the better running backs in the league in Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, You can't overlook Amari Cooper. There's that Dak guy, I guess. but
1: (laughs) Dak. killing it this year uh, as one of the man. only people who acknowledged that he was a good quarterback before the season I feel a little vindicated here with how he's been playing
3: <laughs>
1: yeah I. but still they can't
3: clinch their division Th- that should be the easiest division in the NFC at least it should be a very clinchable division and the Cowboys haven't yet and neither have the Eagles, for that matter. Yeah, They're and, in a rush to find
1: out who doesn't win the division. And they they got – they're at Chicago, home against us, at Philadelphia, home against the Redskins. Uh, like, if they win that game against the Eagles, they're probably good. But uh, at Chicago and then us, it's not, not a walk in the park, man. We'll – Washington is not going to win the division. I know they're not mathematically mat- eliminated, but the Eagles play the Giants, the Redskins, the Cowboys, and the Giants. Uh, so the co- the Cowboys probably gotta th- well, they gotta win that Eagles game. And honestly, as crazy as it sounds, I think if they drop their next two games, and like if they drop their next two games and win their last two. Even if the Eagles go three and one, the Cowboys will make the playoffs at eight and eight. That's that's how bad that's how bad it is in that division right now. Uh, so I'm not I'm not that concerned. And I think if we beat Seattle, we will walk into Dallas as a different team, and we will trash them because we've had their number since we hired McVeigh. So <laughs> we'll how, see.
3: How great of a, a story would that be? If the Redskins like somehow snuck into the playoffs, ended up winning the Super Bowl, that would be the most underdog story ever. I don't even understand how
1: this is possible. (laughs) I'm gonna. It it
3: just it just uh, baffles me at this point, but still rooting for them.
1: I'm trying to figure out how, how they would get in the playoffs.
3: <laughs> I and think there needs to be a miracle.
1: It's so I I I I, I don't I don't get how this is possible. If <laughs> if it's a three way tie between the three teams, it looks like Dallas gets it. If it is a um tie between the eagles and the redskins it comes down to common percentage and right now the eagles have it so i i don't understand how this team would make the playoffs uh it is a technicality that they're not eliminated yet (laughs) let's talk about seattle man uh big win for the hawks on monday night for us too taking care of business against the vikings they are a good team, one of the best teams in the league, but we, all, we, we should have beaten this team in week five. It would have completely changed the season, but we missed the field goal. What are you going to do? Football games come down to more than one play, uh, as we know, as evidenced in the NFC Championship last year. Seattle has beaten nine out of their ten opponents by one score or less. So, it's not like they're out here slaughtering teams. Uh, but then again, they beat beaten the Vikings, the Eagles, the 49ers, the Rams, uh, the Steelers, whatever you want to make out of them. We lost to them. They've beaten some good teams. Their losses are to the Saints and the, Fal- or the Ravens, good teams. But we always play the team tough, and I... Well, I'm nervous because they are clearly the better team. I'm oddly optimistic and I I just hope we show up to this game, man. Because there's a chance we get blown out. Because that's what we do apparently now. But if if we come to play, I feel decent about this game. I I don't think we it's a terrible matchup. Our offensive line feels a little better than theirs was the last time we played. Um I feel okay. I feel okay, man. I think this is very winnable.
3: The last time you felt okay about the Rams going into a tough opponent, we got humiliated on Monday night.
1: (laughs) I think I feel better about that this game than I did that game. Uh, You can go back to the tape and listen if you want to, but I don't know. I think because we played this team already this year and almost won, I feel a little better.
3: Joking aside, I I'm with you, Steve. I, I think this is, uh, this is still a very winnable game for the Rams it considering they play as well as they did, uh, when they were up in Seattle. And I think this time around not being in Seattle is going to work in their favor. So here's hoping that, uh, you know, they can, you know, they can keep, uh, going the route they were in this past Sunday and, uh, hopefully be able to spread the ball out more, have a more balanced running game attack, and um, find a way to somehow stop one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, Russell Wilson.
1: One of the best quarterbacks in the league. One of the best rushing offenses in the league. I believe they are their third in rushing yards a game. <laughs> They're third with 143.7. Second is San Francisco with 148. First is Baltimore with 207.8 rushing yards a game. That is fucking crazy, man. That team is unbelievable. Um, We'll see. Yeah, this is obviously Seattle, one of the best offenses, period, in the league. One of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, Third overall in total yards a game for the Seahawks. Defensively, they're not the best. They're not the worst. I think, I feel like they're pretty, pretty firmly middle of the pack defense in just about pass defense. They are fourth worst in the league. Rush defense, they are eighth best in the league. So we'll see what happens, man. I think after what we saw from Goff last week, you, you gotta kind of uncork him a little bit and, and, I think Sean McVay should go into this game wanting and planning for Jared Goff to be able to win us the game with his arm and letting him, letting him th- sling it. And will it work out? I don't know. But I think their best chance offensively to win this game is to let Jared Goff win it for them and to let him try and make plays. And hopefully the off the line can keep up and protect him. I think they're a little bit better now than they were when we played them last time. Obviously, some new faces on the line. Defensively, man, that Baltimore game still gives me nightmares. But I don't think that happens in this one. Uh, we gave up 30 points last time, and I think I I think you want to be able to hold this team to like 24, ideally. And if you can hold a good offense like Seattle to that your offense has to be able to win you the game and we'll see we'll see man I, I think it's doable I prediction wise but what are you what are you predicting here I don't know let me think about it <laughs> so I think
3: you have a point there I think uh if you get Seattle into the 30s the Rams don't win this game. And for that reason, I'm going to say 30 to 20 Rams. It's going to be Ooh. a close game for most of the game. I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter, like it was uh, last game. But it's gonna it's gonna take um, gonna take some major defensive skills here to find a way to stop Russell Wilson. It's doable because there have um, there have been games, especially recently, where Russell Wilson hasn't looked. His best, um, you know, he he kind of struggled even in the Minnesota game. Uh, technically, uh, although partially wasn't his fault. Just saying, <laughs> uh, but overall, I think that if I, I think there were times when the Rams did play him where he wasn't his at his strongest. There was just some plays that the Rams allowed, you know, the big plays. And and I think um, the big X factor here will be Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Russell Wilson did not face Jalen Ramsey when he came to the uh, Rams, you know, at trade deadline. So I think that's going to be the biggest X factor here. So I'm saying 30-20 Rams. What What are you thinking, Steve?
1: It's just top, man. It's... I laid out all the reasons I think the Rams could win this game. But to play devil's advocate, we are the worst team. Seattle's won five in a row. Uh, better quarterback, better running game. Not a better defense, but I think their, their offense is pretty, pretty far superior to, I, to us. And that makes me want to vomit because Brian Schottenheimer is our offensive coordinator. But... <sighs> The more I think about it, man, the more I look at this game, and I know Russell Wilson did a number on us when we played last time, it just feels like they're due for a loss. And I know it's a stupid thing to say, but I have to talk myself into the Rams winning this game because I don't want our playoff hopes to be cut after this, okay? Do I think they're going to win? My mind is telling me no. My heart is telling me yes, and I am predicting a 27-24 to 24 Rams victory. To keep the playoff hopes alive, the Vikings will not lose to the Lions, but will still be a game back, 8-5. and five. Whether or not we make the playoffs, man, 8-5, and five, it's not something to scoff at. That's clinching, not a losing record. And hey, at one point for us, that would have been a huge victory.
3: There is no... Greater love than a boy and his football team,
1: <laughs> and for me as a boy, my one in fifteen football team, good times. Right. Hey, let's not talk about that. <sighs> that didn't happen. Well, let's let's end. I guess we can end on that sad, depressing note, huh? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Steve. By the way, it was shocking. In this week's Sunday night football game, you, or, or Thursday night, you catch any of the Saints game?
3: I did. Uh, you know, I was enjoying my turkey, watching the Saints. <laughs> it was pretty uh, pretty entertaining.
1: There was, you know, I don't know if you saw this in the game. There was a play where Drew Brees dropped back to pass. I don't remember what yard line they were, but had a receiver wide open in the end zone. Uh, Threw him a perfect ball, hits him right in the hands, and good old Jared Cook just falls right off his hands, does not make the catch, does not get the touchdown. And it was not his only drop of the game.
3: How did I know you were going to go there?
1: (laughs) Still had three catches for 85 yards, but uh, it was stunning to me that he dropped two passes in this game. Couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. You couldn't. <laughs> All right. Uh we will be back next week. Hopefully the Rams have won and we're still alive. If we lose, we're technically still alive, so we'll still be out here podcasting for the remainder of the season. But it'd be nice to do it after Rams win. Uh follow me on Twitter at Zero follow Johnny at johnny 6 follow Rams Talk at Talk Rams. Be sure to give us that five star review. Send us, send us a screenshot of the image and we'll enter you in the contest. Talk to you guys next week.
3: Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that, mm-hmm. we're gonna see him soon. You feel me?